Welcome to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. Now here's our mama. Hey y'all, welcome back to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. I really am excited to have another fellow podcaster here with me virtually. Her name is Ashley Hoover Baker, and she is actually on the same podcast network, Taste of Reality, as I am, and she has been so warm and welcoming, and I was so excited to have her on this show. So Ashley, welcome to my show, Getting Cozy. How are you? wonderful. I'm sitting here living my best cozy life. Just super psyched to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so glad. Well, that's what this is all about, getting cozy and uh, just getting to know you better. So I just can't wait to dive in and talk about how you started your podcast And we have a lot in common, actually. If you guys missed it, we did go live on Taste of Reality and chatted about the current season of The Bachelorette and a lot of other stuff. And we, it was the first time we had met, but we felt like we had known each other for a while. We had so much in common. So that was really fun. I loved it. And if people, for some reason, aren't on Instagram, I did put it up on my YouTube page as well. So you can look at it. Listen to it like a podcast on YouTube, on the Honest Day Entertainment page, subscription, whatever. I'm old. I don't speak all the lingo. <laughs> perfect, perfect. And we, we actually realized we're the same age, so that was really kind of fun. I love just kind of talking to older podcasters. I feel like all the podcasters out there are kind of, you know, millennials. And so it was really refreshing to talk to someone who is my age. And we're just doing our thing, you know, trying to keep up with the youngins, right? Oh my gosh, it's a challenge. Like, I think I'm pretty decent with technology, but these kids are so much further ahead. (laughs) They are, but you know what? We're doing our thing and we're doing just fine. So, well, I am so excited to be on Taste of Reality with you and uh, so many other wonderful podcasters. So please go check that out, guys, at tasteofreality.com and see our latest episodes. So Ashley, tell me, how did you get started in this amazing podcasting world? It's a really odd story. So it was a summer, and the reason I remember that clearly is because I was a teacher for 12 and a half years. I taught elementary school, and I actually, like, entered, a, like, a contest through a podcast I listened to, and they had partnered up, actually, with Taste of Reality, and the contest was, like, you go to this ropes course that they went through on the Real Housewives of Orange County, and then we went to The Quiet Woman, which is a restaurant in Orange County where this, like, totally iconic scene happened. So, like, 10 people won the contest. I was one of the 10, and I had a great time. Everybody was so cool. And then we went to the restaurant, and two of the housewives came to, like, meet us and, like, you know, do some – they were new housewives, so they are trying to get some good press and whatnot. And I went to leave. I had just driven in from Vegas. I was exhausted, and one of the housewives was like, you're leaving your party early? Like, that's weird. Like, buck up, buttercup. And I was like, well, I just drove in from Vegas. Like, they're the ones hosting. And she could not believe I wasn't one of the podcasters. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. You know, just, she's like, you have such a great personality. You know, I thought you were one of them. And I was driving home, and I was thinking, maybe I could do this. And that's when I decided to, why not? Everybody else has a podcast. Why not me? What a great story. Isn't it funny how just a little seed can be planted? The same exact thing kind of happened with me. I used to be a baby food ambassador for Beach Nut Baby Food. And they asked me to be on a podcast to represent the company and just kind of talk about some of our products. And after I was a guest, I was like, why am I not doing this? That was so much fun. You know, it felt like my calling. So it's so funny that just like one little incident, one little event, one little seed planted and this just huge idea and this dream kind of grows from that. So I love hearing that. Yeah. Well, and, and it was kind of mixed with like the on this day feature on Facebook. Like teaching is the hardest job. Like I've done so many different jobs over my life and being a teacher is so challenging and I have multiple sclerosis. So it was just, it became too much for me. And this all just kind of happened at the right time. Like the on this day feature on Facebook kept on popping up and I was just struggling two years ago, eight years ago, 12 years ago, like every year I was just struggling so hard and my health has not been getting any better. Actually, now that I'm not teaching anymore, my health is great. But I realized like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. (laughs) Yeah. I'm doing this over and over and getting the same results. Like I'm wacky, but I'm not crazy. So 
I decided, you know, I love teaching, but it just wasn't for me anymore. And definitely miss aspects of it. But especially right now in the days of COVID, like honestly was the best decision I ever made. I cannot imagine being a teacher right now, but kudos to you for sticking it out as long as you did. Now, what type of teacher were you? I've been elementary. I ended up teaching all grades, kindergarten through fifth grade. And I even worked for the district training new teachers. Oh, wow. So I did the littlest of kids and then adults. Oh my gosh, you just had the whole like spectrum there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And honestly, kindergarten was the most challenging, like also the most rewarding. But holy crap, teaching kindergarten is the most exhausted I've ever been in my life. I am sure because these are concepts that are completely foreign to them and you're just like introducing this Greek, you know, to the I right. I just I can't imagine. I was a nanny for like fifteen years. And I felt like I was also kind of, you know, in that role. So I can imagine like, but actually having that pressure of having the kids having to perform and, and, you know, retain and all of that just being so young. I mean, I have a kindergartner and uh, it's, it's amazing. His teacher is incredible. She is unbelievable. And yeah, just shout out to all the teachers out there. You guys are doing God's work. You're doing the, the hardest for work real. there is. <laughs> for, for sure. Real. Like I try to go into my friend's classrooms, you know, Vegas, we don't have school opens right open right now. Everything's virtual. Like when schools were open, I try to at least go once every week or two into a friend's classroom and just read to the kids, just see something. Like it really is nice being around kids and seeing them grow and helping motivate them and teaching them that books are awesome and we can learn so much and how much we can better our lives just through reading books is so powerful and I still love being involved in that way but not having the pressure of being a full-time teacher right absolutely well again you got out at a good time and how long were you teaching (laughs) did I sound like I was in prison um I did 12 (laughs) and a half years oh my gosh yeah Vegas had like a huge teacher shortage and well they're like the lowest paid teachers in the country which is why they are of a shortage so I was in this like fast track program where I started in January and then like within a year took all the like credits I needed and then like they paid pretty much for me to get a master's in education like they were desperate and I just kind of needed that job I needed that stability all at the same time and just kind of worked out and it truly served me for a long time but after so many years and then I got sick like 10 years ago so just every year my health just kind of started to suffer a little bit more and more and the insurance got worse the kids got naughtier the job became (laughs) more demanding and it just stopped making sense Wow. Well, good for you for, you know, leaving and not feeling the pressure of having to stay. I always say I only will do something for as long as it's fun and I enjoy it. And life is too short to be doing anything that you don't enjoy anymore. All right. So you were teaching and then how did you start this podcast? Like when did you, you went to that event and then how soon after did you start it? Um, probably like within a month or two, like I was a journalism major in college in Mm. my undergrad. So I didn't know how much that would lend. Plus I interned at a radio station, which obviously was very helpful when it came time to like editing and doing all that stuff. Like I used to do a lot of commercials when I was in college for, you know, local stations. So they'd have me record them and then edit them. So this was all, and honestly, the technology hasn't changed except it's more accessible. Whereas I used to have to go into a radio station and they had all these special computer programs to do all the editing. The only difference is now is that everybody has access to this editing equipment. It's gotten a little easier. So what I did in college really lent to me doing the podcast and I feel like an octogenarian a lot of times like (laughs) I want to start a Patreon like I literally have a Patreon page ready and I cannot figure out how to upload the damn podcast oh no like these are the things where I'm like and I'm so frustrated like I am beyond my point of frustration and I've like I've gone through all my like little I've done my YouTube I've gone through this you know question and answer forum and I am just old and can't figure it out and this is my life now Well, let me help you feel better. I haven't uploaded a YouTube at all. Like I haven't created a channel and almost all of my IG lives, someone else has posted before me. 
So wow. I think we'll I probably need a channel. <laughs> Please Let's help me. With YouTube. Like, seriously, <laughs> I've got it. I, I can show you the whole thing in 15, 20 minutes. Oh, fantastic. So, so it's it's a deal. Awesome. See, we're already helping each other. Um, okay, so who was your first guest on your show? The whole point of my podcast, it's news and nostalgia. So I love celebrities. I was the kid who like spent all her allowance money on Us Weekly's people, team people, whatnot. So like mm-hmm. I've always been very invested in celebrity culture. I love reality TV. So just the whole celebrity thing is very appealing to me. What was the question? I don't know why I got so distracted <laughs> thinking of Us Magazine and I just got like in a little side world. Right? No, I was asking who your first guest was, but it sounds like you weren't really having guests in the beginning. Yeah, well, I was having a lot of my friends and we were breaking down movies. And then I guess when I got a little bit more confident, I started having like other podcasters on. And then I started reaching out to like actual like celebrities. One of my favorite interviews, and I've had like bigger names, but are you a fan of the movie Grease? Of course. Yeah. Who isn't? Oh my God, right? It's like the best movie ever. Well, I had the guy who played Eugene Felnick. He's the nerd in the movie Grease. He was actually in Grease too, which I love Grease too. Like, obviously, it's nowhere near as amazing as Grease, but like in a really tacky way. I just love <laughs> Grease too so much, also. I did too. And he came to me with the best stories from the set of Grease, like things that blew my mind hookups, crushes. He'd hear Patty Simcox getting boned in the dressing room right next door to him by Kaniki. Oh, wow. The best stories from the set of Grease. Like that, and that movie has just meant so much to me since I can remember. So that was probably my favorite interview. That is amazing that you even reached out to him. How did you, did you just go on Instagram or how did you reach out to him? Now I'm curious. He's on, he's got a really good Facebook page, kind of like what I do, like a lot of on this day things. So okay. just on this day, like I kind of went to him and I'm like, he looks so familiar and he looks like the 60 year old man. He's probably older than that. He's probably in the seventies by now, but like him is like an older man looks exactly like the teenager from Greece. And I was like, I know that guy, that's the kid from Greece <laughs> uh, that the greasers were always beating up on. And I just started following him and we just kind of became friendly. And this was back in the days when I would just take fun road trips for the weekend to LA and I was just like, you know, let me go meet this guy. And he was like cool to meet up with me and stuff. So I went and he was like the nicest guy. He's done a ton of work. Like he was in Polar Express. He's done a lot of voiceover work. He worked with Tom Hanks. I mean, he's had an amazing career. So wow. it was really, really cool talking to him. How fun is that? So then after that, did that kind of give you more confidence to start reaching out to more and more celebrities? Yeah, and it's funny because, like, I've been, like, pretty hardcore into the Bravo world for a while. Like, I just, I love the Housewives. I don't love them so much anymore. The people from the Housewives shows, like, I just don't enjoy them. Like, they're not really great to talk to. Like, they're very into themselves. It's not my favorite group of people to talk to. It's a kind of a weird thing. But, yeah, I've had some fun people from Bravo. Like, one of the, I don't know if you've ever seen Vanderpump Rules. Oh, yeah. But it's a really fun restaurant show. I had Peter on and... Shaws of Sunset used to be a favorite show. It became too toxic, but I had one of the quote-unquote villains from that show on who I love and think he's an amazing guy and just misunderstood. Peter Madrigal, I had him on last year on a previous podcast that I was on, and he not he hysterical? I mean, I was laughing so hard. He is such an entertaining, hilarious guy. Very smart, which I was very, very smart. impressed with. Like he's like a guy, he's the manager of the restaurant, so obviously he's a professional. This that, right? Like, he was like pretty into philosophy, mm-hmm. and like he has a lot to offer. He's a single guy, and I'm like, put this man on The Bachelor already, right? <laughs> he's right. so hot, and he's interesting, and I'm here for him. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, he really surprised me. He really, really surprised me. But I have to be honest, like I didn't watch. A lot of Vanderpump before I met him and I gone to Tom Tom and met Tom Schwartz and also um yes and also Zach was there too so I actually had Zach on we didn't have Tom but but we had Zach on and Zach and I both grew up in Kentucky Lexington so we had that in common and I just love like he shared his coming out story to his parents shared with us 
and we were in tears. I mean, it was so emotional and beautiful. Like it was, it was, it was a moment, you know, it was such a moment, but the real housewives though, the only one that I've talked to had like an episode with is Deandra Simmons. And she was a sweetheart. She gave us so much time. She was kind and gracious and just classy lady. Like I really adore her. She's from Real, Real Housewives of Dallas. But yeah, so I hope to have more housewives on the show going forward. But did you watch Salt Lake City yet? The new franchise? Oh my God, yes. So good. And I loved it. Loved. The culture of Bravo has been pretty toxic lately. And I feel like Bravo does not listen to the multitudes of podcasts, the multitude of blogs. Like everybody's giving their opinion. And a lot of us share a lot of opinions of being tired of the trash humans on Bravo. And just... Like, the fact that Real Housewives of New York has been on for over a decade and they've never had a black housewife, like... Right. The most diversity they had was one... She was on for a couple seasons, Jules, Jewish-Asian woman. Mm -hmm. So that's the only bit of diversity on New York, and that's insane. New York is, like, the most diverse city in the world. So Salt Lake came as a wonderful surprise. These women are batshit crazy, which I love. (laughs) They are so rich. The fashion is unbelievable. I mean, the woman who married her step-grandfather. Oh, my gosh. Give her a spinoff already. Right, right. It's like, who are you? You are crazy. But we love to see it. I agree. I think that Ebony coming on to New York is going to be great. But you're right. It's like it took too long. And just the same as the Bachelor franchise. You know, it took too long to have – black leads and if you look these are only half black leads I just found out that Tasha's half Mexican I you know I didn't know that but I didn't know that right she's half black half Mexican and I'm like can we get like full, like I want a black lead like period right. and even Matt James right. is half and I'm not complaining I'm just saying like let's do better okay please and right. I love Tasha and I love Matt James do not get me wrong but right. we need to have more diversity. And like all the guys that are on now, people are saying, oh, they'd be great bachelors. And I'm like, but they're white. They're white. Exactly. The privilege is there. Like, let's amplify all these other cultures. You know, the POC, like, right. let's get it out there. So I 100% echo what you're saying. And you're right. It's not too little too late, but we need to do better in general. Right. You know, Imani from the Taste of Reality team, she's in charge of the social media network. She's so amazing. I've had her on my podcast. She's a delight, like just seriously such a delight. I uh, posted something recently. I wrote an article that CBS, and again, not too little too late. I appreciate it, but come on now. But they're hiring at least 50% Black, Indigenous, and people of color for their shows, Survivor, Big Brother, and Love Island moving forward, which was amazing. And I love Imani so much in the caption. She says, not to celebrate a duck swimming, but, and I'm like, well, you know what? You said it all right there, Imani. Like, we'll take it. Honestly, from where we've been to where we're going, this is the process. We need to just take it and appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. And I was happy to see the diversity on Love Island. I thought there was a lot of diversity on Love Island this past season. So I I do applaud. (sighs) I do applaud CBS for that. We had some beautiful black men. (laughs) Beautiful. And I don't know if you watched the show on Saturday, the one where it was kind of the ra- the episode yeah. that was kind of the wrap up of everything. And they showed some scenes that didn't make it to the regular shows. And I really wish this would have been something that had aired like regularly. But there had been a conversation. Oh, I'm, I'm so sad. I don't remember her name. She was the tall, thin, beautiful woman, the black woman who had been dating Caleb and at the um, car wash, Justine gave him the dance oh rachel 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 oh there was yes. an amazing conversation between rachel and justine that didn't make it onto the regular show but made it to the saturday episode where justine had confided in rachel and said you know i really put myself out there from the very first time we met the guys and you know nobody bit you know nobody showed any interest 
And at this point, I'm wondering, you know, maybe they're just not into black girls. Is it me? Is this, am I just not their flavor? And then she said, and then you came on, Rachel, and then all of a sudden the guys were responding so well to you, and I realized it wasn't my race, it was me. And I was just like, I have chills just talking about it, but like, as a white woman who has not understood my privilege until maybe the last, like, five years, I've been on a journey of really understanding how lucky I've been to be born into a white middle class family Mm -hmm. and just hearing that conversation just broke my heart like not only are we insecure because I mean we're obviously insecure like do they not like me is it my personality is it the way but like to have this color of your skin like that just it was such an honest beautiful conversation between two black women but how telling is it that that conversation didn't make it on the air I'm not happy about that I had Rachel on tub talk and she had told me before she's like I don't really want to discuss Justine because of just everything that kind of happened and the falling right. out and all of that. But she did kind of touch on that conversation um, a little bit. So I'm glad that you're elaborating because she did say something about how, you know, well, exactly what you just said about how she was thinking that because she was black, she wasn't going to get, you know, anyone's attention. Which, yeah, it did. It broke my heart, too, because I just thought that's not right. You know, she. it's sad that she has to feel that way. I don't like that. Exactly. Justine found her guy and that made me so yes. happy. Like, I am so obsessed with Jaleb. Equally, yes. I'm obsessed with Celine. Like, the friendship between Celine Sally. and Justine yeah. is everything. And I am here for those fun female friendships. Me too. And actually, it's fun fact, Selly lives very near me because the pumpkin farm, we have a very, very popular one right here down the street, Deloso. And I saw photos on her Instagram and I was like, oh my God, she's at Deloso Farm. Like that's literally, you know, right here. And then she was posting being in like Turlock and like very close to me. Then she posted, not even kidding, she posted being at the Boathouse, which is our neighborhood restaurant. I could walk there. Wow. Oh my God, I would die to see Sally. Yes. I was like, how did I not know you were there, Sally? I was so upset. So I kept like tagging her in stories. I mean, I'm sure she's getting a million, right? But I just thought maybe she'll see this. I don't know. But shout out, Sally. I think you're amazing. And if you're nearby, I would love to like, you know, some someday meet her. But yeah, I love the relationship that she has with Johnny. And I love that they kind of overcame, you know, what was thrown in front of them on uh, Casa de Moore or whatever. Um, but I think they're living in L.A. now. I think they moved in. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Be for them. Yeah, definitely. So what was the first reality TV show that you ever watched? Do you re- remember what it was? I was, like, very, very into The Simple Life, The Osbournes, like, that early generation, Newlyweds. Oh, yeah. I loved it all from the start. Do you think that being on a reality TV show is kind of the death of a new relationship or like a marriage? Because you just see it happening over and over and over again. Especially at the beginning of reality TV, absolutely. I mean, Nick and Jess probably wouldn't have made it work anyway. She was just so immature and they were just, he was insecure with how successful she was. Like there were things wrong gonna go wrong in that relationship I think maybe now people just because reality tv has been part of our culture and we've seen things go down for so many years now that I think maybe people kind of have a better idea of how to navigate it now Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're doing a better job but I think it's not as foreign of a thing yeah that's I think that's a really good perspective were you surprised that Britney and Justin never had like a reality tv show I kind of assumed that they would at some point I would have loved it. They were kind of in the earlier stages, like the pre-reality maybe. That's true. they broke up in 2002 maybe. And because Britney had the show with Kevin Federline, Chaotic. Right. And that was another really, really early reality show. Yep. So, and that was truly chaotic is the perfect word. And I see Amber <laughs> tears. I love her. She is my absolute queen, my fellow Louisiana sister, but that show was a mess. Well, okay, that need we say more. If 2020 were a human. Oh, my God. And what she's going through now is heartbreaking with the whole conservatorship and, you know, all of that with her dad. She's now saying she refuses to perform if her dad remains her conservator. As a Britney fan, I feel so selfish for, like, being so mad about that. Like, I need to get over my own, like, I miss Britney. Because I'm in Vegas. (laughs) I saw her four times when she had her residency here. Like, I am just so team Britney. I love supporting her. But 
knowing what we know about the conservatorship, I wouldn't support her financially right now just because her dad would be taking everything. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's just I hope that situation changes for her. She does seem happy in her relationship, which I'm really happy for that. Thank goodness. She really is just a simple girl who wants to be loved. Like, I, I know. really think that's all she wants. I know. I agree. Dipping back into, you know, the 80s, like, who were your, like, heartthrobs? Like, who did you have your crushes on? Forever. I mean, I love Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, my from gosh. From Pains, all through life. I mean, Titanic I saw 10 times in theater. <laughs> Leo is life. I love his dad bod. I think he's so talented. I just love him. <laughs> Um, Ashley, we are the same person. Like, I think I saw, we really are. I saw Titanic seven times. My friends were just like, what is wrong with you? I think I watched it half that many times alone. I did not care. I just wanted to see him on the big screen, right? Like, who cares? And I was so happy when he finally won an Oscar. It took too damn long. That kid is so talented. It's insane believe that the fact that he is so damn handsome held him back from being taken seriously for a really long time like catch me if you can is a brilliant movie he is so good in that movie yeah i mean his movies early on i mean he got a lot of really great press after what's eating gilbert grape for obvious reasons it was amazing yeah but marvin's room he was a child he was phenomenal he was I mean Romeo and Juliet was like groundbreaking for the time Mm-hmm. I agree with you I think that he deserved that many 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 times over but at least he got his justice you know I feel like one of my favorite movies with him is Wolf of Wall Street with um, oh. Margot Robbie I mean that movie I could watch it over and over and over again I love his character his oh. swag just everything about he has BDE in that movie like no one else I mean oh my god oh. I'm obsessed with it that's one of my favorites and honestly even just most recently Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a brilliant movie and he and Brad Pitt together Together. And you know how Tarantino will cast a lot of this same people in different movies. I hope that this team, they were so good together. I hope to see, well, plus it's Brad Pitt and Leo DiCaprio. Like, my heart can't handle much more. <laughs> but bring it on. They were amazing. They're both so talented and they just did so well across from one another. I think I need to watch that movie again because when we saw it in the theater, I don't know if it went over my head or I just wasn't like getting the whole concept of the movie because. I left thinking, what just happened? I don't understand this at all. Like, I didn't know where the plot was going. But I loved all the characters. I love that they had, like, such a dream team of actors and actresses. But, yeah, I'm going to have to watch that one again. So what are your top five favorite movies? I'm, like, one of those very up in my feelings. So I have movies for different emotions. But, like, I'm a gal who, like, I just need to feel good and take my mind off of things. So, like, Clueless will always be one of my favorite, like, go-to movies. (laughs) I love Clueless so much. I love Harold and Kumar. Mm -hmm. I love Revenge of the Nerd, Teen Witch, True Beverly Hills. Like, I love those, like, really campy. Uh, Showgirls is one of my favorite movies in a non-ironic way. I love the movie Showgirls (laughs) with Elizabeth Berkley so much. Grease is a favorite that I just grew up with. But I love Tarantino. I love horror. So I'm kind of all over the place. Like I'm a big horror nerd. So I just started getting into horror because when I was young, I had an incident that really kind of traumatized me. And I kind of just shied away from like watching anything scary. And I still can't do paranormal. But if you were to choose like a few horror movies that like you have to see if you've never seen them. And I just like I said, I can't do ghosts. I can't do any of that. Like supernatural yeah but anything else I mean even gore like I can handle slight gore so do you have like a few that you could recommend love the shining I think it's a brilliant story it's Stephen King I love Nightmare on Elm Street particularly the first one what I love about Nightmare on Elm Street is that it's very funny which I just love that but um the first Nightmare on Elm Street is actually Johnny Depp's first movie ever and for the time capsule that is Johnny Depp like it's kind of worth watching it just for that it's just it's so funny to watch him just so young it was so good wait 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 um, hold on hold on Johnny Depp is in Nightmare on Elm Street yes wait (laughs) yeah 
it's amazing. He, I mean, he wears a crop top. You need to watch this. What? Movie. He has a football jersey, <laughs> cut-off crop top, and it's honestly a cinematic masterpiece. Oh, my God. Well, I, I mean, you had me at Johnny Depp. Old Johnny Depp. I have to see that. Wow, yeah, no, it's so good. Honestly, the whole movie is just a time capsule of the 80s. It's, like, so cheesy and campy, but I love it. So, yeah, I love Nightmare on Elm Street, The Shining. I'm more into, like, the kind of psychological, like, I love American Psycho. I actually have seen that. That one's terrifying because that shit could be so real. And yes. And that's the scariest thing. Yep. For me. Yeah. Oh, no, no, for sure. I definitely have seen that. I really like that one. I also saw with Devil's Advocate. Oh, my gosh. That's a great movie. Right? And that is scary. I mean, it's definitely frightening at times in that movie. So I was very proud of myself. So I'm kind of like tiptoeing into, you know, the horror world. So if you have any more you want to add um, later offline, please let me know. Because I, I need to start watching the classics. The ones that are just, you know, classic horror. I mean, why... Is it just because of the gore? Like, tell me, why is it considered horror? I think it's just the excessive amount of blood and guts and gore. But to me, that's not really so scary. Like, I'm much more scared by Silence of the Lambs and serial killers and shit that happens in real life. See, I'll watch all of that. I'll watch all of that. I love serial killer anything. Like, I'm obsessed. Okay. So I'm okay with that. true crime junkie. (laughs) Did you watch The Fall with Jamie Dornan and Gillian Anderson? You haven't seen that? No, I haven't. I can't believe I haven't. I'm very disappointed in myself, in fact. Oh, my God. You have to, whenever you have time to binge a series, girl, you go to that one. That one was incredible. I'd probably watch it from the beginning all over again. It's only like three seasons, super short, easy binge, the best. It's so, so good. If you love serial killers, that movie, in fact, someone just mentioned it the other day, and it's like been out for years. That's how good it is. Like. Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh my gosh, I'm slacking. Oh, it was Ryan Seacrest. When Ryan Seacrest had Tasha on Ryan and Kelly, I guess Jillian Anderson was their next guest. He was telling Kelly, he's like, have you seen The Fall? She was incredible in The Fall. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. She's amazing. Bluetooth just picked up and that's our rain sound that we sleep to. Oh my God, that's so fun. You know, I'm a sleep coach, right? I didn't know that. Always tell people you need white noise to sleep through the night like a freaking baby. Like, I'm a sleep coach for babies and children, but I tell adults this, too. (laughs) We have one of those things. We just got it on Amazon, and it has, like, a thing. like It lights the the, the room up, like, in stars, and you can change the colors and make them flicker, stay the same. And then we just stream a um, rain playlist through Spotify while we sleep. And Well, I'm in Vegas. We just had our first rain a couple days ago. We had gone the longest. I, I can't believe I'm talking about weather, but we went, we <laughs> You're went fine. 200 days without rain. The record <gasps> wow. was 150, and that was in 1959, and we just hit 200 days a few days ago. Oh, my then, God. Um, and then the day we found out that uh, Biden won, we had a good rain and then a rainbow. So oh, take that as you may. I it love like a, that. It was a cleansing. Yes. Oh, it sure was. Okay. What are the current shows that you are like totally obsessed with right now? Well, I just started The Bachelorette with Tasha, which I'm thrilled for. Yes. Honestly, I just finished rewatching The People versus OJ. Oh. I do- I love Sarah Paulson so much. Yes. And I had watched Ratchet. Phenomenal. I know. Wasn't it? So, so oh good. Oh, my God. I loved it. Yep. And then I watch all the American Horror Stories, which I might actually be fun for you. The second one is called Asylum. If you liked Ratchet, watch Asylum. I think it would be a really good fit for you. I watched the one about witches. I want to yes. say I got like maybe two-thirds the way through so I could finish that. But then I started another one. I think it was the Apocalypse one. And yes. something just kind of turned me off. I don't know if it was like the monster outside or something. There was something. I like get that feeling where I'm like, I can't hang. I'm afraid I'm going to have like a nightmare from this. So I bail. <laughs> in right. fact, fun fact, when I was in college, I worked at a movie theater and of the many jobs I had in college, but I worked there and I remember we had a free screening of The Matrix. And so I brought the guy I was dating at the time. I was like, hey, let's go see this movie. It's like midnight showing or whatever. They did that for the staff. So fun. And I go in and I'm sitting there, not even for five minutes, Ashley. And I'm like, nope, I'm creeped out. I'm out of here. I literally 
walked out of the matrix because I felt uneasy. And the guy was just oh like, yeah, we can't see each other anymore. Like, that's just weird. Like, you <laughs> Oh my god, I love the Matrix. The fact that you were scared during the Matrix is so endearing. <laughs> He's like, you have so many issues. I can't get over this, you know? And obviously he wasn't the one for me because he wasn't even like consoling me or like trying to figure out like why I was upset, right? So it was like yeah. it was a blessing. The Matrix literally like got me out of that relationship. But it's just so funny. Like if I have that feeling, I just will totally shut down and be like, nope, not watching this anymore. That was me as a child. It took me until, like, adulthood to really enjoy horror. But um, my first movie, like, my mom took me to go see Ghostbusters in theaters. It was my first movie ever. And the second that Sigourney Weaver levitated off the bed, oh. I, my mom says I stood up, I put my purse on, and my five-year-old <laughs> self said, Mom, it's time to go. And my mom <laughs> took me home. <laughs> Again, we are the same person. I watched, I watched Poltergeist at age four. Okay, poltergeist. And I won't even go into it, but basically my uncle was babysitting and thought it'd be hilarious to put it on and then like act it out or whatever. God rest his soul. He he died a few months or a few years ago, but I love him. I've forgiven him. However, that completely traumatized me to my core. I was sleeping at my parents foot of the bed for probably, I don't know, three months. You know, like I could not be by myself. Like it was so, so bad. So that's what I'm saying. Like it took me years and years to even think about watching anything remotely you know frightening so i'm gonna talk to you like kind of how i would talk to myself because we are kind of the same person (laughs) if you can stomach the crime and the things that actually happen in the real world you're gonna be fine with freddy krueger coming and attacking people when they fall asleep because it's just so stupid oh god so like it's just ridiculous and i think it was the shock factor of the gore and the blood the guts and everything that in the 80s just like threw people for a loop but like things like the poltergeist or the exorcist like I'm not the most religious person in the world, but, like, can we leave religion out of it? Like, the exorcist really fucking freaks me out. There's no way in hell I could ever watch The Exorcist. Like, I'm not even going to try it. There's no reason for me to, you know what I mean? And just, like, there's no reason for me to ever rewatch Poltergeist. Like, I've been there, done that. Even, like, the images are still in my head. That's the thing that's really funny is I think the older I get, the less that those images stay in my head. Like, I think I had a photographic memory when I was younger, and it was great for school really bad for horror movies so I think now that I can't remember the images like I used to is also helping me kind of move forward and watch things that are a little bit more scary right exactly (laughs) isn't that funny girl you got this So I'm just going to keep like, you know, treading lightly. My husband is obsessed with horror. So he's so excited that like finally his wife of almost 10 years is like open to watching, you know, these movies that he had to like go to the theater by himself so many times because I was just like not having it. I'm just not going to go, you know. So I love this for you guys. I know, right? It's kind of like the new chapter here after 10 years. But poor guy. What could be scarier than this year? It's so true. So what have you learned about yourself being a podcaster? Talking is therapy for me. I keep things in my head and I internalize things. So just talking is very helpful for me. And I change my mind a lot. And I think that's a good thing kind of learn and grow I've changed my mind I've also learned how loyal I am to people especially like kind of cheerleader cheerleading some of these reality stars Mm -hmm. like for instance Stassi from Vanderpump Rules I came from a very similar past as her I grew up right outside of New Orleans just as she did though New Orleans is an extremely diverse town we lived in strictly white suburbs like black people did not live in the city that I grew up in there was not a single black person in my school in elementary school so Stassi's had a lot of problems with like racism and saying really shitty things like she's very ignorant but I kind I don't forgive her for it but I think I'm a little bit more patient of her journey than a lot of people and I really just like her as a person her flaws and all and I see 
a lot of growth that needs to happen, but I've done that growth myself and I'm in the process and I want her to be in that process. So whereas a lot of people have just kind of like ditched her and are like, cancel Stassi. I'm like, right. No, Stassi's effed up. Like what she's done is not okay, but she's a human being. And if this is her process to do better, like it's not my place to judge how long it takes her to get to not be a shit human anymore. (laughs) I can appreciate that. I mean, I think everybody has somebody in the reality world where we feel that way. Like I kind of feel that way about the Webbers, like Peter Weber, Barb Weber, you know, our former bachelor. And a lot of people are like, why do you champion them so much? You know, they don't understand or whatever. And I just really like them. I like them as people. You know, they may not be perfect, but I feel like I still see, like, good in them and, like, the humanity in them. And I don't feel like I have to justify that to anyone. You know what I mean? I think they're good people. And I think that's really all that matters, right? And so if you think Stassi's a good person, like, deep down, that's really all that matters. And she needs people to support her, as do the Webbers. So I think it's great that they have us. (laughs) Exactly. They need us. I feel I really appreciate you saying that. It's true, though. And, like, when people criticize, like, Peter and Kelly and, like, the way they met or, you know, even their relationship currently, I'm just like, look how happy they are. Like, look how in love and happy they are. How could you not be happy for that? Can we just move on, please? And, yeah, I'm going to keep posting them because I like to see them happy. And this is my page. And, you know, yeah. I, I like them. I, I really think that they're a beautiful couple perfectly suited for each other so scroll on well that's one of my favorite real housewives quotes ever is when tamra barney screamed that's my opinion (laughs) and it's just one of those times like i feel like i'm allowed to have an opinion and you're allowed to disagree but like you're on my page right right you get me you feel me i do this i'm curious because we are so similar do you delete comments that are just like offensive or like you don't even want to, you know, acknowledge them? No, I should. Like I just posted, I was so proud of Nevada. We are the first state in the country to change our constitution as far as gay marriage. And Aww. gays have every, LGBTQ community has every right to marry in Nevada. We're the first state in the country. Wow. We're not changing that. They're not taking gay marriage away from us. I posted that on Instagram. And of course, like, 75 percent of people are like go nevada yay united states this is the right step <laughs> and then there are all the other people like you guys kill babies oh god and, like you guys you're sinners adam and steve do not exist <laughs> and wow. like just all the ignorance flows yeah and um i probably i just don't like having that but at the same time like we are allowed to have our opinions and even if it's ignorant, like that is our first amendment, right? But I really don't like having that negativity on my page. And that's exactly it. You know, I don't want to have the negativity. So I just delete the comments if it's something offensive. And especially if it like starts a thread, you know, where people are like attacking each other. I'm like, nope, this is done. I've even turned off commenting on a few of my posts because I was so appalled by like the comments or like the DMs I was getting, you know, in regards to the post. This is something that I feel strongly about. If I'm going to post it, I feel strongly about it. Right. So, you know, that's just a given. But yeah, I just I was just curious because I think that those comments are just they're just they're so disappointing. And I just like you said, they're negative. And it's like, why do you need more of that in the world? Like, I just don't want to see it. So anyway, I was just right. curious. But feel free. I'm giving you permission, okay? If you see something that bothers you, you can delete that, girl. I will give you that power. You need to empower yourself to do you that. Know what? You... Thank you. <laughs> I think I needed to be told that because it's not healthy for me. And there are some things that I just can't let go. And the next thing I'm engaging with trolls. Right. This is one thing I learned as an elementary school teacher. No matter how, many, how much these kids push your buttons, the second you engage in an argument – you're letting a seven-year-old win. Right. And I'm like, yeah, no, homie, don't play that. It's so true. I know. We are too old for that shit. <laughs> I agree exactly. with you. Um, so before we wrap up, I would love to hear what are some of your, like, bucket list guests that you would love to have on your show someday? As somebody, I loved, I loved Fashion Police growing up. Like, Joan Rivers was oh. my absolute life. And her style of comedy, just, I I love Joan Rivers so much. And this might seem just kind of a little off, but 
Joan Rivers had um, Kelly Osborne on Fashion Police towards the end. Yes. And because Kelly is Ozzy's daughter, she was on Fashion Police. She was on one of the OG reality shows. Like, Kelly would be a dream. I love, I mean, obviously, like, dream would be, like, Britney Spears, Mariah Carey, like, the people I've, like, obsessed over since I was a kid. Right. But, like, I love the Backstreet Boys, and, like, Nick Carter lives in Vegas, and if I could oh. ever get a one-on-one with Nick Carter, like, I don't know if I would be able to, like, handle myself <laughs> appropriately, but that would just be so amazing, but, like, uh. I, honestly... I would love to talk to Stassi, and I think I would be a really interesting person to interview her because I have such a similar background, Mm -hmm. and I understand how ignorant the South is when it comes to those race relations and how easy it is to remain ignorant, and I know that's not allowed, and it should never have been allowed, but that was our norm for so long that I think I have a better patience for Stassi than a lot of people do, so I'd really, really like to talk to her. So pre-COVID, there were a lot of like podcasts that did live shows and I believe she was one of them, I want to say, but do you, have you been to a live podcast show before? I actually did one. Oh, you did one yourself? How fun. I did. We have a nice little podcast community here in Vegas and um, I was part of a show, it was a Around, uh, just before Halloween last year in 2019 and it was my first one and it was fun I had like 20 minutes or something so it wasn't like a big thing or anything but you know I'm a theater kid I have a lot of experience on stage so it felt very normal and I just talk about pop culture so it's not like I had anything like really huge to prepare or like do anything for so it was really nice and really fun but um I haven't been to one but I I was the first one it was three podcasts that um went did it and I didn't love the format just of like watching people talk like I just didn't think it was fun and then just recently on Real Housewives of Potomac Monique had a live podcast and I was even just watching it on the show I was like this is boring (laughs) that's so funny that you say that I've been to like several Almost Famous Off the Vine and I have had a blast but the thing that makes it the best I feel is that you can get like Bachelor Live too. You know, that was amazing. Um, yeah, that was incredible. Uh, if you do like the VIP experience where you get like the backstage access and all of that, I think that really makes it because you're, you know, meeting these people in person. Meeting Caitlin Bristow was like blowing my mind, right? But oh my gosh. However, this is really bad. I actually offended her accidentally because. Blake was there who I had met several times, like just at different bachelor events in California. And he was there. So I went to him first and gave him a hug because I was nervous as it was. And I wanted to like see a familiar face. And she Uh was so offended that I did not hug her first. She was like, it was, yeah, she was like, excuse me like I'm the star you know why aren't you hugging me first why aren't you meeting me first and I'm and I was literally still mid hug and I'm like Caitlin I love you I just I know Blake like I just wanted to you know oh my god it was so awkward and you could even see in the photos that we took that she looked so pissed off and I was like well there you go I totally ruined my like first moment of meeting Caitlin Bristow but it was oh my god that's hilarious <laughs> honestly that's kind of a better story than if it would have gone off like a really good story that is true that is true but like going to a live podcast and having the opportunity like I mean meeting these people in in person it just takes it to another level so they are so entertaining at least the ones I went to like they are funny there's like music and you're drinking and you're with like all the people that love you know the same thing as you do like I met so many cool people just go and then just get the VIP and meet them after and it's totally worth it so I, I am, as you were saying that, I kind of remembered, um, I actually saw uh, My Favorite Murder. They came to Vegas and I went to their show. Do you listen to that podcast? No, I've not heard them before. Oh my God, it's a huge podcast. It's a true crime podcast. And I'm a huge fan of it. And honestly, I don't love listening to their live shows on like the podcast feed. I always skip them. And exactly what you just said, the best part of it was drinking, uh-huh. being around the like-minded crime lovers. Yep. And the best part for me 
was after the show, I was just walking in the casino. And, I mean, this show is huge. They perform where, like, Christina Aguilera's residency was. And, like, where oh, wow. Bruno Mars performs. Like, that's where this live podcast was held. I'm walking in the casino, and I just left my friends. And I was walking by myself, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's Karen. Oh, my God, it's Karen, one of the hosts. So I went and I got a picture <laughs> with her. She was so nice. And then I literally ran through the casino looking my, for my friends. Like, I just met Karen. Go find her. <laughs> See, it's like you're not going to have that opportunity any other time, right? So exactly, I love that they do live podcasts. Like I just, I love that they do that. And I miss that so much. Last year it was filled with like bachelor events back to back to back. And I just, I'm like in, I'm in mourning over it. Like I'm in withdrawal, you know, it's horrible. But anyway, Ashley, I had a blast getting cozy with you. So much fun. So much fun to get to know you better, know where you kind of came from, how your podcast came to be. Guys, please go follow Ashley on Instagram on this day entertainment and please go listen to her podcast. Where can they listen to you besides tasteofreality.com, of course? Basically anywhere you get your podcasts. I don't think there's anywhere our podcasts aren't loaded any at this point. Okay, perfect. Which makes it nice and easy. 100%. Yeah, and I love how Taste of Reality, you just like one-stop shop, right? You've got us and you've got so many other great podcasts. So please go check us out on their website. Ashley, thank you again so much for your time. I just loved everything. It was so much fun. And I've got all these new movies now I have to watch. So I appreciate that. Keep me posted on your journey. And Erin, <laughs> you are a true delight. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. You guys, thank you so much for listening. And please stay safe out there and always stay cozy. Till next time. Bye. Have you ever had a bad waxing experience? I had one so awful that I swore off waxing for good. Until the day I met Nikki, the owner of Lunchbox Wax. She convinced me that her salon was nothing like the one I'd experienced. Though hesitant, I agreed to try a service at Lunchbox. I am so glad I did. She was right. The salon was warm and the staff was so welcoming. My specialist was kind and patient, bending over backwards to make me feel relaxed and calm. The service was quick and as comfortable as it could be. I was amazed waxing could be like this and made sure to book my follow-up appointment. I'm grateful to Nikki and so glad I chose to trust her and Lunchbox Wax. Book your waxing appointment today. Make your life smooth with Lunchbox Wax. New to waxing? After your first wax, get the same service next time for free. Already a Lunchbox Wax fan? Save up to 48% and get a 12-month Brazilian Unlimited membership. Book online at www.lunchboxwax.com and use the code BOGOFREE. With all our Bay salons now open in Dublin, Alameda, Walnut Creek, Concord, Brentwood, San Ramon, and Camden Park. Use code BOGOFREE at www dot lunchboxwax.com.